When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On Man, a 3% Man podcast. I am your host, Paul Bauer. And I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man. And for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. How the hell are you guys? I hope you... Handsome sons of bitches have been out there slaying it. I know some of you have been based on recent posts on the 3% Man Group. And I also know that some of you have had some struggles. This week, I wanted you to know that you are certainly not alone, brothers. Not alone. So, sometimes you'll see guys on the page just talking about all their successes or bragging about all the poon they're slaying, but you know what? I'm going to be the first one to say that's bullshit. They're not always out there slaying poon, okay? No one's out there batting a thousand. And today, just to showcase that and to be a little self-deprecating, I'm going to tell you a tale of two train wrecks. <laughs> Some of you have been uh, in the 3% Man Group on Facebook know these stories a little based on my date update posts and videos. Uh, a few of you guys are like good friends of mine now. You know, we chat offline, we send messages back and forth, so you guys, you guys are well aware of my, my uh, successes and failures. So um, I'm going to try to give you a, a little bit more behind the scenes this time, though. And uh, for some of you, this is brand new shit, so grab some popcorn because some of it's pretty fucking funny. My goal here, though, is to let you know that even for me, it's not all sunshine and roses. And even for Corey Wayne himself, 
you know, he he has ran into the occasional snag, right? I mean, in 3% Man, he talks about, uh, there's a story where he gives where he was uh, maybe drinking too much at a bar one night and uh, ended up hooking up with a gal that, let's say, looked better in the dark, uh, the dark lighting of the bar. And then she ended up traveling several hours to spend the weekend with him. And when she got there, he was like, he was shocked, right? He was like, what the fuck? I didn't realize the bar was that dark. So, you know, even Corey Mann, or Corey, Corey Mann, Corey Wayne, the man himself, you know, it, the shit happens, right? So, if you don't remember that part of the book, though, then I think you need to go back and, and, and reread it. Uh, and we're all supposed to be reading it 10 to 15 times. Am I right? Okay, well, the first of my train wrecks happened about, shit, I think about two months now, maybe longer by the time this episode drops. Um, at the time, I was calling her Needy Chick, okay? Uh, and the reason why I was calling her that is because she was just always blowing up my phone with text, just fucking boom, 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 blowing up my phone all the fucking time. And this was also, uh, I mean, I, I, I posted a, an episode couple weeks ago about, you know, what I've learned about texting and some of it had to do with needy chick. You know, I learned a lot dealing with her because she, no matter what the fuck I told her, I would be like, Hey, I'm busy. I can't chat with you. She didn't give a shit, you know, or, or I would space out texts and like, I wouldn't reply to her for hours and she'd just be like, boom, 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 boom. And what are you doing? Oh, you're not replying to me. And like one of the times I, I, I finally replied I mean, I, I could hear my phone blowing up all fucking day, and I was looking, and I was like, good lord, what is wrong with this bitch? Um, it, you know, and I waited till like, the end of my work day to reply back, and I just re- replied back, behave yourself, I was at work. <laughs> but Jesus, man. Um, a lot of her texts were just really fucking sad and depressing. She was talking, uh, uh, she was giving, like, this whole story about how she got divorced and how her husband left her for another gal how her mom had brain cancer, um, and then, like, how her dying mom and her son really wanted her to find someone so she could, she wouldn't be lonely. Oh, my gosh. She was just, oh, just an emotional basket case, honestly. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Don't get me wrong. But she was just really focusing on the negative. And if you listen to the last episode about the law of attraction and you guys did any kind of like side homework on any of that, you realize that the more you focus on all that negative shit in your life, the more you fucking attract it. And I swear to God, she was just attracting more train wreck into her fucking life. So with all that being said, I mean, it's hard to kind of gauge just how fucking crazy a chick is. I mean, there's some signs. I mean, that's certainly a sign, the neediness and text. Um... But until you meet them in person, like, you really don't know. So I try to, at least until I have a first date, and meet them in person and give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, uh, she obviously, with all of her texting, had very high interest, right? Um, you know, you might kind of think of too high of interest as a red flag, and I would agree with you. <laughs> especially especially after dealing with, with a needy chick here. It was very fucking needy behavior, just constant validation with that te- that texting. Um, it's one of the reasons why we don't do it. Am I right? Uh, she would uh, she would just send me random fucking pictures all the time too. 
you know, um, not just of herself. Like, so she would send me pictures and she always looked really cute in her pictures. Uh, and then I realized after meeting her that they were very filtered fucking pictures <laughs> every time. But she was just like constantly sending me pictures all day. Like, oh, this is my house. This is my truck. This is, you know, my fucking dog. This is my, you know, whatever. I, she was just constantly sending me. She sent me a fucking picture. This should have been a red flag. She sent me a fucking picture of her mom's like brain surgery scar. And then she sent me a bunch of pictures of her mom's like fucking cat scans and shit. And I was just like, what am I looking at here? And she's like, oh, well. You know, this is, you know, I, just, I didn't want you to think that I was lying about that. And I go, I would have taken your fucking word on that. <laughs> like, there's no reason for me not to take your word. That's like way too much fucking information. Anyway, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Um. So anyway, fast forward a little bit. We finally have our first date, and I met her at the uh, Feisty Pint in Grand Junction. Feisty Pint's a great bar if you ever make it to Grand Junction, Colorado. It's a pretty Pretty nice bar in downtown, um, and that's my go-to place for first dates if I'm going out with a chick over in the Grand Junction area. Um, and so I'm sitting there in the bar. I text her, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm at you know this table when you walk in, and I see her pull up, and I see her walk up, and I'm just like, oh fuck. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever had? That experience where like you you you're on a uh, an online date. There's a chick that you met online. She looks fucking outstanding. You know like, like you know the, most people call it a catfish, right? Because they've really got all the proper fucking angles and trick photography and all the fancy fucking um, filters and shit. And when you see them in person, you're like, oh lord, oh lord, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened because she fucking walks in and she looked like a butch lesbian, okay? And I'm not trying to like cut, make that come across like homophobic, but when I say a butch lesbian, I think you have that picture in your mind, right? Like she's overweight. Like she her pic like her picture she always looked like she was thin and 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 shit, but I don't know what the fuck filter she was using, but in person, she's she was pretty fucking thick. Now, I wouldn't say, like, obese, but thick. And she had super short hair, which I, I knew she had super short hair. But in person, it was definitely a fucking lesbian look. Um, she was very frumped out, just wearing just, just the frumpiest fucking clothes. Uh, she had no makeup on. And uh, she was wearing flip-flops. And her feet looked like hooves. Now, um... Some of you guys, I've I've shown on the on the, you know on the on the Facebook group my my list of wants and don't wants that you know uh, Coach Corey Wayne wants us to make a list of what we want and don't want in, in uh, our dream girl. And one of the things that I are on my wants list is I want a girl that has pretty feet. Now the reason why I say that, like some guys immediately are like, oh, what do you have a foot fetish? No, <laughs> not really. No, to me, if a girl has pretty feet, you know, it means that she pays attention to details. She takes care of herself. Like if she's taking care of the small things like her feet and making sure that, you know, the calluses on her heels is like filed off and she goes and gets pedicures and stuff like that. She's probably taking care of the rest of her body too, making sure the rest of her body looks attractive. And 
let's be fucking honest, guys. Who the fuck wants nasty-ass feet by your ears when you're fucking a chick? Nobody wants that nasty shit, right? If you're going to put her fucking, like, legs up on your shoulders, that she sh- hopefully she fucking is take- <laughs> taking care of... Taking care of those tootsies, you know what I mean? So anyway, this chick walks in with these, like, just nasty-ass flip-flops and just nasty-ass gross feet. And I'm just like, oh, shit, you know? Um, So she sits down, and, you know, she's giving off more of, you know, the same kind of conversation that she was doing in text, you know, where, you know, she's giving a sob story about her mom's brain surgery, um... And she starts talking about that. And she, and anytime she starts talking about her mom, she just starts getting all misty and shit. And then it comes up in conversation that, you know, her mom just had the surgery. And, um, and it so happened to be on the same day that my dad had his prostate cancer surgery. And the only reason why that even came up was because she just kept talking about her mom and her fucking cancer and stuff like that. And I go, you know... I didn't want to bring it up, but, you know, it like it, it was sort of just like my way of trying to steer the conversation into more of a positive direction. But I was like, you know, I didn't want to bring it up. But, my, you know, my dad's going through prostate cancer right now, you know, and I'm not a fucking basket case about it, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I didn't say that to her, but that's what I was thinking in my head. Like, my dad's going through, you know, cancer shit, too. Like, why? Like, I... I'm out on a date trying to have a good time. I'm not fucking, like, letting it just ruin my day. Well, anyway, so I I bring up the fact that my dad just had prostate surgery, and, you know, we put two and two together. It it turns out that her mom had surgery the same day my dad had surgery. And uh, so so this chick, needy chick, uh, and her dad were in the waiting room. Uh, But my dad, uh, his doctor said that he could only have one visitor. I took the day off, but I couldn't go because the doctor said my dad could only have one visitor, so he brought, you know, he brought my mom. And so my mom was in the waiting room. She saw these, the, the you know, needy chick and her dad. So my mom's like, well, that's really weird that the two of you guys could be here when my doctor said I can only have one person. And my mom is, bless her heart, uh, a fucking nag. <laughs> my... My mom is just someone that just won't let a fucking idea go, and she just is relentless about it. So she, I guess apparently she was just kept bringing it back up, you know, and saying, man, that's just really weird that I can only bring one person, but you guys can have two people. And, and it's not even their fault, but my mom is relentless. And um, I guess, you know, needy chick being the basket case that she was and worrying about her mom, I guess she basically told my mom off about it. She was like, can you just give it a rest? And, uh, so, she, so needy chick told me that and I was just like, oh, really? Okay. So not only are you a fucking basket case on our date, but you're going to tell my mom off too. And I was like, okay. All right. So, okay. So you thought it'd be a good idea to tell my mom off. And she goes, oh, well, it wasn't like that. Your mom was sweet. And she just tried to like backtrack or whatever. And I was just like, uh-huh. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. And so like, you know, uh, almost all these dating books. And if you go to like any of these YouTube channels about dating. I mean, they really talk about how if a conversation is sort of going down a dark path, like you need to sort of steer it around, right? You're not supposed to be talking about politics and stuff like that. So I just, I'm just constantly trying to fucking get this chick back up. And But good Lord, she kept just like, just straight up crying a few points and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God, 
this is a disaster. But the whole time, you know, I, I was at the uh, very early on in like following the 3% path and, you know, reading uh, Dating Essentials for Men by Dr. Glover and, and, you know, reading Atomic Attraction. And so I looked at every date at this point in time, like, it, you know what? If it's a disaster, if a chick is a catfish or whatever, you know what? It's fine. It's a great opportunity for practice. So no problem. You know, she's crying and stuff like that. I absolutely knew this this date wasn't fucking going anywhere. But, you know, I use it as opportunity for, you know, practice my body language, letting her do, do 80% of the talking, you know, trying to keep negative conversations positive. But at, at, at some point, I finally realized that... This isn't fucking going anywhere, and I'm completely wasting my time. So I went ahead and just asked for the check, and usually I go to another place. My go-to is to go to the Feisty Pint, have a couple drinks with a chick. If I like her, I take her to another place, because if you go to another place in a single night, it's like having two dates at once, and so it sort of like lessens your time to getting them into bed, because usually uh, you know, a chick will on average won't sleep with you until the second or third date. Well, if you basically have two dates in one night, well, bam, your next date's already the third date in her mind anyway. So I went ahead and asked for the check and she offered to pay. So she slides her card on the table and she's like, no, I'll get it. And uh, I'm a firm believer that if you ask a chick on a date, you pay at least for the first two dates. So I said, no, I got it. I slid her card back to her and she goes no I insist and she puts the card slides the card back to me and I go no thank you I got it I asked you out and she did that to me like maybe another two times and finally I just put my finger on the card and just slid it off the fucking table onto the floor and I was like and then I immediately said like to the waitress I was like here's my card you know so I went ahead and paid it was kind of a dick move but it was like a kind of a playful fucking James Bond kind of uh, Sean Connery James Bond asshole type move which she really dug and I think if it was a, a hotter chick I, I you know would have capitalized that on that but it was just practice and it worked out well um, but still I'd like this date wasn't fucking fucking going anywhere so after I paid I settled up and uh, I, we walk out of the bar and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, is that your truck over there? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, good night. It was nice meeting you. You know, best of luck to you and your mom. And, uh, you know, Dating Essentials for Men talks about that as being like a good closer or, or good ender, he calls it, a good ender. So that's basically code for I'm never going to call you again. <laughs> but she wouldn't, she just wasn't really taking a hint. And uh, like, I didn't even give her a hug at this point. And so she's just sort of standing there. And she was waiting to be kissed, like, so, you know, and I was just like, see ya. <laughs> I just turned around and walked back to my car, and I was just like, good lord, what a fucking mess. So I drove away, um, after I got in my car, I drove away, and I got, you know, after, a, a, you know, about a mile or so, I, I pulled into a parking lot, and then I, I uh, actually stopped and, and made a little video update to the group. So if you go back through the old posts on the 3% Man Facebook group, you'll, you'll find my date update. It basically talks about all of this stuff. I'm, I think it was a, a, a much shorter version, but that is basically what happened in, 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 uh, in that. So I get home and uh, I 
you know, basically she reaches out again and I, you know, she, she starts texting me. And I basically said, you know, I, I texted her back and I was like, you know, honestly, you're a very sweet girl, but I just am not feeling it. And she's like, well, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I didn't really feel the spark either, but you know, maybe if we keep going out, you know, maybe attraction will grow or something like that. And I just ended up blocking her number. I was like, <laughs> there's no way. And then, uh, she ended up like finding me again on the dating app that we met on and reached out on there because obviously I wasn't answering her text because I blocked her fucking number. And she's like, so I, you know, I'm just really curious. Did you talk to your mom about me? Because I really just think that, you know, the, the fact that I met your mom, you know, that, that there, there's something there, like it was meant to be. So I blocked her ass on there too. <laughs> Unbelievable, that chick. So, so far that was, Easily, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was. It wasn't the worst fucking date of all time, and that worst fucking date of all time thus far is coming up after this break. Tired of biased liberal fake news? So is everyone else. Visit www.mainwashed.com to get all of your freedom-loving conservative news all in one place. That's www.mainwash.com. Bookmark it. Welcome back, guys. And I just want to say thank you. If you are listening to this right now, thank you for coming back and sticking with me so you can hear so far the worst fucking train wreck of all time. (laughs) Now, some of you have, I mean, this just happened. Uh, By the time this publishes, like, this just happened maybe a couple weeks ago, but... This is the tale of local chick. Um, I was chatting with uh, Luke, one of the admins, about her the day the day of like or the morning after, right of of the big fucking disaster. And I told him like maybe I should just stop calling her local chick and start calling her fucking drunk chick, <laughs> because if you're not familiar with this story. You'll figure out why here in a minute. So local chick, um, obviously I've posted about her uh, a bunch of times on the 3% man group. And a lot of you guys, bless your hearts, are like, run, man. Don't fucking go out with this chick. And I was like, come on, man. Aren't we supposed to hang out, have fun, hook up? Fuck. I'm going to have to say no. No. We don't always have to fucking do that. (laughs) So local chick, um, she... I met her on a dating app. It's actually the same dating app that I met Needy Chick on. Maybe I should get off that fucking app. That app is called Zeusk, by the way. And if any of you guys have any horror stories about Zeusk, post it in the 3% Man Facebook group. <laughs> but uh, I've been on several dates. Um, I met Could Have Kissed You Longer Chick, and I, I've hooked up with her uh, several times now um, on, on Zeusk. So it's not all bad, but these two chicks have both... Both came from Zeusk. So local chick, uh, I asked her on a date and she canceled on me. She was like, oh, you know, I'm really tired or whatever. I'm not going to be able to make it. So I was like, okay. So I do what's in the, you know, the 3% man book and just say, okay, you know, trust but verify. Um, Okay, no worries. Maybe we'll do it some other time. So I waited a week, set another definite date and we're supposed to have that date and she canceled on that one. And normally you're supposed to uh, do the takeaway, right? Uh, but in this case, 
I just I had a bad vibe about her, and I probably should have just fucking like went with my gut on that, but I had a bad vibe about her, um, and so I just I, I went ahead and and blocked her, and I think I was also kind of a little off my center at the time and kind of pissed off about some other things, so I just went ahead and like just blocked her her number and blocked her on the app and didn't hear anything from her for for maybe a week or two. Well, she. Anyway, she came out of nowhere and uh, like she found me on a Facebook, a local Facebook group because we're both in the, live in the same town. She found me on there and reached out to me on Facebook Messenger. Now, the book talks about acting indifferent when they come back after a while. And like I said, you know, I was always down to hang out, have fun, hook up like coach tells us to do. So I said, you know what? Fine. You know, if she's going to go out of her way to reach out to me and like Facebook stalk me and track me down, then fine, whatever. I'll use this as an opportunity to set another definite date. So I set another fucking definite date and she fucking cancels on me for the third date. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with this shit. So I just, I didn't block her this time. I just like went, went about, you know, my, my business and she reaches out again. And I, I, I said, uh, you know what? <laughs> I've tried to fucking uh, set two or three different fucking dates with you now, and you've canceled on all three of them. If you really want to go out, you set the date this time. And so she set a date, and you know we went we went and met up. Now she is uh, she's forty years old. I'm forty one. And she is very cute for a 40-year-old woman. Most women who are 40 where I live, they just look like, uh, how's a nice way to say this? That they have just lived really fucking hard lives, right? Um, They just look like, some of them just look like they've smoked since they were three years old or something. (laughs) Some of them are just like really, you know, uh, I live in a rural area. There's lots of cows out here. I feel like they, you know, thought that they had to live like cows too, so they all look like a lot of cows. But local chick, you know, she was a she's pretty hot because she came from California. So for a 40 year old, she looked great. Um, but the funny thing is, so I met I met her at a local bar, and she immediately orders wine, and she's drinking wine and she's giving me like. These, this, these sob stories about, you know, how, how hard her life was. Very much like Needy Chick, I would say. Not, you know, not like anyone had brain cancer or anything like that. Um, and she certainly wasn't crying, but she was just very much like, wah, 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 woe is me. And, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, so I was just like, oh shit, you know, like I, I, I'm gonna, I have to steer this conversation back into something positive, you know, and, and, um, Part of the reason why she moved out of California and came here is because her grandmother lived here. So she moves in with her grandma. Her grandma's a uh, what's called a snowbird. So she only lives here half the year, and then her grandma lives in Arizona. And her grandma owns this big, huge property that has these cabins on it that she rents out to other tenants and stuff like that. And then she has this big house where the upstairs is where her grandma lives. And then um, she told her... Uh, she told, uh, you know, local chick that she and her daughter could stay downstairs and her, uh, local chick and her daughter moved here because of 
you know, I, I don't want to get into it. It's not really my place, but you know, some issues in California with, uh, her father-in-law, I think it was, or her stepfather or something like that. Um, local chick's stepfather was abusive to her daughter. So they moved here to get out of that. But, you know, that came up and then, you know, of course, drinking the wine, she was all emotional and she was just really like, wah, wah, live, oh, God, no, I got to live in the small town. And I was trying to, you know, pick the conversation up saying, you know, we're really blessed to live in this small town because it's a great place to be during the apocalypse. You know, everywhere else, uh, you know, you, you go out to um, Portland and like the fucking city's on fire right now because you have all these Black Lives Matter people like burning the city down. Uh, some of these big cities are still like on massive shutdown because of COVID-19 nonsense. I go, we're, we have none of that going on here. You know, I go, we have no riots. Uh, you know, basically all of our shops are open. We have some restrictions, but no one's enforcing any of them because we have had very little cases here, like almost none. So everyone's basically just living their best life right now. And I was like, you know, we, this is a, you're a blessed to even be in this town. But, you know, so I, you know, I just I had to constantly keep that positive attitude going. But Jesus Christ, after three fucking drinks, she was already just like all over me, starts making out with me. Um, but, you know, that that's not the weird part. The weird part is because she lives with her grandma and her grandma like was volunteering at this shop right like across from the bar because it's a small town. She texted her grandma and said, hey, why don't you come over and 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 hang out with us for a little bit. So her grandma shows up at the fucking bar. Her grandma shows up. And I was like, oh, your grandma's coming? Like, what the fuck? You know, and Coach tells us in the book, like, no group dates until you're exclusive with somebody. But fuck, you know, like, what are you going to do, like, when they spring something like that on you? So I was like, okay, well, I'll just charm the pants off her grandma. So her grandma shows up, meets me, her grandma completely fucking dug me. I could tell, you know, not maybe not in a sexual way, but she thought I was like a good guy. And we, you know, we hit it off. And so she fucking told her daughter, you know what, hon, you need to stop drinking. <laughs> and I really should have taken note of that, but I sort of just like brushed that under the rug. And then her grandma's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave you guys and, and fucking left. Cause her grandma was like, I'm not going to be a third wheel here. Bless her heart. So after her grandma left, she finished up that drink and I was already like done drinking because I'm not one to go out and get just completely fucking schnockered at a bar. Um, but she was already just like sloppy drunk by this point. So I said, hey, you want to go for a walk? Because I was like, you know, maybe a, a, a nice walk would do some good. So I take her for a walk. Um, and I took her for like a mile long fucking walk down, like across the highway, down this trail that went down this creek. It was, you know, I think on any other normal night would have been very romantic, but she was just sloppy, stumbling drunk. We, she kept stopping me and like pulling on my arm and then making out with me. And I was just like, holy fuck, man. And so I like took her for this long walk and like brought her back to her car I probably should have let her drive home, but I was like, whatever. It's we're 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 out in the country. There's, you know, it's probably relatively safe from here to her house. And she was already like, well, when I brought her back to her car. She didn't even know it was her own fucking car. Holy crap! 
now like I look back on it now while I'm recording this podcast like she she was like are you sure this is my car I was like yeah this is your car so she had to pull her keys out and she did the little like unlock thing and the car lights up and she goes oh wow and I was like what the fuck but then she was already like asking me about our next date and stuff like that and you know coach talks about not setting the next date on your first date so I was like okay well you know we'll, you know let's We'll think about it or whatever. Gave her a kiss goodnight. You know, went back, to, walked back over to my car, did a little video date update for the 3% man group and uh, drove home. She immediately starts fucking texting me <laughs> the very fucking ne- like next day. So then I was just like, oh shit, you know, this chick is like really into me. So, you know, I really tried to, like, space out my replies and, like, I really tried to keep my replies short. And then, but she kept bugging me about our next date. So, have we decided what we're going to do for our next date? Have we decided what we're going to do for next date? So, finally, I was just like, you know what? Um, How about on this day, just come over to my house. You know, we'll have some pizza and drinks. And she was like, oh, sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And, you know, just... Same thing, just every fucking day up until the date. She's just texting me every day. And so I was just like really spacing out my replies and really spacing out my response or, you know, making my responses really short. So fast forward to, uh, so at the time of this recording, this was um, last night. (laughs) So I was supposed to have a date tonight, but uh, that that shit canceled, so gave me some time to record this podcast. So anyway, uh, she comes over. This was last night. She calls me because she gets lost on the way. And I live nine minutes away. I know exactly where her house is. And she's really just down the street. And, I was just, and she calls me. She's like, so I think I missed it. And I was just like, "Where? what? And, you know, so I had to, like, talk her back how to get to my house. And she comes in and, you know, she's a little more upbeat than she was on the, on the first date. So I was like, okay, maybe this won't be so bad. Um, so then I, you know, I had some wine for her cause I know she likes wine. And so I offer some wine and she's like, oh, you're not going to have any. And I was like, no, I'm a, more of a beer guy. So, you know, I just, I, I just had some beers and uh, we didn't end up having pizza like I suggested because she's on a diet. She asked, she one of her text exchanges asked if we, you know, if I had a grill and if we could, you know, grill something instead of uh, having pizza. So I was like, yeah, we could, we could certainly do that. So I grilled some chicken instead and she brought over the, the ingredients to make the side dish. You know, things were, things were moving along pretty good. Uh, we made out, you know, a few times during cooking. And then, you know, like after dinner, um, we went ahead and, and uh, I put on a movie and she cuddled up on me. And, you know, of course, we made out a little bit and, you know, I backed off a little bit and we went back to watching a movie. And that happened, a, you know, another time or two. But eventually making out got pretty heavy, you know, and then I, I, I took off her, her bra and her shirt. And the funny thing is she's like... She's like, I, I, I just don't understand how such a, like a nice, sweet guy can take off my shirt so easily. <laughs> Lady, I'm a 3% man. <laughs> so anyway, take off her, her bra and her shirt. And, you know, we're making out pretty heavy and, you know, I'm sucking on her tits and 
fondling her and whatever and she's she's all into it but then she of course you know does a classic shit test and she's like you know I don't go all the way on a third date and so you know shit tests you either act indifferent or you agree and amplify I'm very much more of the act indifferent type guy so I was like okay cool I pull back a little and you know I don't get upset um, you know coach talks about when a chick puts up a little resistance like that you you know, you do two steps forward, one step back. So I pulled back a little, made out with her a little bit. And uh, and then at one point she like, she unbuttons her pants and then she goes like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just doing this, but you know, I just want, want you to know that it's not happening tonight because we're not going to go all the way. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I started making out with her more, suck on her tits some more, fondle her a little. But then I, I, I really, you know, it really clicked in my head that, fuck, she was getting really pretty tipsy and sex with her is probably a bad idea. So I pulled back more and uh, she ended up, you know, putting her shirt back on. Um, <laughs> some of the guys on the on the, on the the 3% man group were like, well, why don't you fuck her, you know? And it, like, why don't you fuck her anyway? It probably would have been easy. Yeah, it probably would have been easy. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, in America, some of you guys aren't in America listening to this. But in America, if a chick is completely fucking wasted, discombobulated, and you fuck her, and then somehow she gets pissed off at you later, she can go to the police and say it wasn't consensual. And guess what? You got a fucking rape charge on your ass. So it's not good to just fuck her anyway. <laughs> just a little uh, food for thought for you guys. Um, but but that I, I was really not concerned about that. I was more concerned like, Jesus Christ, she's really fucking drunk. And this is a huge red flag. So anyway, I pulled back. Um, and then she ended up putting her shirt back on and then, but then she went right back to drinking more wine and then she fucking ended up spilling wine on her shirt. And I was just like, Oh my God, what a fucking mess, you know? So I was like, well, you know, if you want, I've already seen you with your shirt off. You want me to go ahead and wash your shirt? So uh, she was like, well, do you have anything I can wear? And I was like, well, yeah, I'll give you a T-shirt or something. So she, so I, I go give her a T-shirt. She takes off her, you know, she had like this like blouse with a tank top under. And I, I went ahead and wad, washed that shit. And then she just kept fucking drinking. And then like at one point she... You know, she starts complaining that she's like really hot. So she, and it does get really hot around where, where we live. So then she's like, she decides that she's going to take her pants off. But, you know, by this point, like most people would look at this like, oh, well, you know, she's really just giving you signs that she wants to bang, maybe. But she was really slurring her speech and was just really in no condition to drive home. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, holy crap, what a fucking disaster um but then you know then she she just kept you know with her pants off and everything this t-shirt i gave her was really thick so she was complaining about that being hot so i went to my room uh to get her a tank top instead so she follows me and then she's like so this is your room huh and she gets on the bed and i was just like this is not fucking happening so i i i grab a tank top out of my drawer and i i Toss her the tank top and I said, well, here's a tank top. This should cool you off. And I fucking walked back out and went back to watching the movie. And I think she was kind of expecting me to like get on the bed and like go further. But Jesus Christ, man, she was just sloshed at this point. Absolutely sloshed. So 
I'm watching the movie. She comes back out and then she lays on the couch and then just passes the fuck out a few minutes later. And I was like, oh my God. So I went ahead, you know, cause, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a nice guy, but I am a good guy. So I went and got her a pillow and blanket and I was like, here's a pillow. And I, you know, I put a blanket on her and then I just went back to my room and I fucking locked my door <laughs> and went to bed. I was like, I don't want her fucking like coming in the middle of the fucking night, you know, bothering me. But, uh, she did end up like, you know, waking up and coming and knocking on my door at like six 30 in the fucking morning. And so I was like, huh? You know what? Like she wakes me up. She's like, you lock, you locked me out. And so I was like, hold on. So I was like, I'm, you know, so I walk over there. I'm just in my underwear. I open the door and she's like, you, you locked me out. And I go, no, I locked me in, <laughs> which was a lie. Really, I was locking her the fuck out. So then I go and just climb back into bed because I was not ready to get up at 630 in the fucking morning. And she just like climbs into bed with me. And I was just like, what the fuck? But she she didn't like climb into bed with me and start anything. She just climbs into bed with me. And then, like, grabs my arm like she's going to cuddle on my arm. And so I just sort of, like, rolled over because I just – I was not having it. So then she just starts, like, keeps moving around and doing whatever the fuck she's doing. And I, and I was just, like, clearly, like, not going back to sleep at this point. So I just fucking got up, got dressed, and went and made some coffee. And so she comes out and and, uh, and so I was, like, you know, she got dressed and I, I gave her her coffee and just just made really obvious body language that I wasn't into her at all, and I was just really fucking annoyed that I was on there. And I I posted um, I posted in the, the the this like group chat that I have with some of the admins on the Three Percent Man Facebook group page about it. I was like, holy fuck, you know, she's still here. She was no condition to drive last night, and the guys were like, holy crap, man, giving me a bunch of shit as they should, but. I was just like, man, as soon as she's done with this coffee, I'm going to politely ask her to fucking leave. So the whole time as she's drinking her coffee, I was like, I was staying on the other side of the room. I went and sat like in the, in the living room. Like she was sitting at the, I have like a little, you know, breakfast nook bar kind of area. She was sitting there and I just was like, went completely on the other side of the room in the living room and sat on like one of my chairs to drink my coffee. And then after her coffee, she came over to give me a hug and she goes, so, you know, we should do this again soon. Yeah. And I was just like, mm-hmm, uh, maybe. And she goes, just maybe. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I, I don't know if she even really kind of got the hint, but she sort of like backed up a little bit and then went and sort of got her things and was like, all right, well, I, you know, I think I need to go. And I was like, okay. So I walk her to the door and then uh, she's like, so I guess maybe I got too schnockered last night, huh? I was like, uh, yep. <laughs> so I opened the door for her. I didn't give her a hug or anything. And I just said, all right, have a nice day. And then I shut the door on her. I didn't walk her to her fucking car or anything. So then she gets home and she, she sent me a text thanking me for my hospitality. I didn't even reply. I blocked her number. I blocked her on fucking Facebook. So she can't reach out to me there. Cause that's how she tracked me down last time. I went and found her on the dating app. I fucking blocked her on there, but good God, that was just an absolute fucking mess. And I hope I never see her again. So in conclusion, thank you. If you've made it this far, this is a really long episode. Dr. Glover 
in Dating Essential for Men talks about keeping an eye out for red flags, right? Um, and not to ignore them because sometimes you look at a chick and how cute she is and you're like, I'll overlook that red flag. I'll overlook that red flag. This is a case where I should have, you know, I, I should have really taken note of all the red flags she was giving me because she was fucking red flag city. Um, and so was Needy Chick, frankly. Just in the texting back and forth with Needy Chick, it it was red flag city for, for both these gals. Um, we should enjoy hanging out, having fun, hooking up, but we should never stick our dicks in crazy. Because once you stick your dick in crazy, it makes it so fucking hard to walk away. But because I didn't stick my dick in either of these two chicks, it was just easy to, it was so much easier to just fucking ghost them and walk away. So much fucking easier. All right, guys. Hopefully that was entertaining enough. And hopefully some of you guys that are struggling right now feel a little bit better about yourselves because... Even though um, I have had a lot of dating success uh, following the 3% path, um, occasionally I have some fucking train wrecks I deal with. So you're, you're, we're, we're all in this together, right? All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Come On Man. If you are new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now, go out and get it.